Hello and welcome to Red Couch Conversations with me. And I'm Dr. D. This is a safe place to have a conversation. So I want you to come in and sit down and have a seat next to me. You will leave each episode with regained self-confidence and motivation. We are no longer just existing, but we are going to live and thrive. Stay tuned. Welcome to episode two with The Secret Prisons. Today we're breaking free from the prison of forgiveness. Our key scripture for the day is Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 through 22. And this is the message version. And it talks about the law of forgiveness. Verse 21 says, at that point, Peter got up the nerve to ask, Master, how many times do I forgive a brother or sister who hurts me? Seven? Verse 22 says, Jesus replied, seven? Hardly. Try 70 times seven. Forgiveness is a vital process to the human race. Forgiveness allows restoration of a broken relationship. This is how we became Christians and believers today. We were broken. We were tattered. We were torn. And we asked God to forgive us. And he forgave us for our sins through his son, Jesus Christ. So I'm so grateful for that. Um, This parable that I'm going to talk about talks about how a servant was forgiven of the 10,000 talents he owed, but he did not forgive a man that owed him a hundred talents. We must forgive unconditionally. So we cannot forgive with conditions. We must forgive unconditionally. To forgive means to cease to feel resentment against a person, to pardon them, to harbor no grudge, to bear no malice, and to make peace. This is what forgiveness means. When we forgive a person, we are being merciful. When we forgive a person, we are being compassionate. When we forgive a person, we are being humane. Forgiveness does not bring up wrongdoings. When you forgive somebody, you let it go. It's when you hold on to a grudge and you hold on to what has happened to you and you said, forgive me, you said it with your words and your mouth, but you did not really mean it. That's why there's these feelings of, 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 of doubt, these feelings of anxiety, feelings of depression, because you've been holding on to forgiveness and you should forgive. Sometimes we need to forgive ourselves. For the mistakes that we made. We need to forgive ourselves. Yes. Ourselves. We mess up. I messed up. I was angry with myself. I made some wrong decisions. But I had to face the fact. That yes I messed up. I had to forgive myself. For the mistakes that I made. I could no longer. Not be at peace with myself. It was holding me back. It was weighing me down. So I had to forgive myself. Not only did I have to forgive myself, I had to learn to forgive those that wronged me. I had to learn to let it go. Do you know when you're harboring unforgiveness, it'll hurt you more than it'll hurt the person that you offended? A couple of years ago, I went to counseling during COVID. Uh, You know, times were kind of slow. I didn't even have anything else to do. So I said, I'm gonna work on myself. 
So I went to counseling and I went because I thought I was getting help in one area, but come to find out I was harboring unforgiveness from some past traumas that I dealt with during my childhood. And as I begin to find out and the therapist begin to dig and dig and dig, I was angry because I did not feel protected. I was harboring a grudge because I did not feel protected and I felt let down. But the thing is the person that I was holding this grudge against didn't even know. So I had to really take a step back and evaluate this thing. I had to remove the focus from the past mistake or, or the problem. And I had to focus on getting me fixed. I had to focus on Dr. D being healed. I had to focus on me repairing my mindset and how I thought about the situation. And now how I acted about the situation. Do you know we can hold on to unforgiveness for years? Sometimes we bury it deep down on the inside of us. And then we'll wonder why we'll respond a certain way when something happens and we become so automatic and so programmed to respond a certain way. We don't even realize we've been burying and burying and burying and burying all of these things in our heart. But guess what? It does you no good because when you harbor unforgiveness, you're bitter you're angry. You're mean. Not even a dog or cat want to sit next to you because you're mean because you're harboring something you need to let go. So I want you to take a minute. I want you to pause. I want you to write down some things that have kind of been kind of been in the forefront of your mind that you've been dealing with regarding unforgiveness. Even if it's your past childhood, I want you to begin to write some things down. What am I holding on to that I need to let go? When you forgive, you dissolve any anger. Anger no longer holds you prisoner. Anger no longer holds you back. Because when you're angry, you'll do things you really don't mean. So in order to get rid of the anger, You first got to deal with the problem of the anger and that's unforgiveness. Whether you're not forgiving yourself or you're not forgiving the person that wronged you, you have to forgive. You have to be free. God did not design this life for us to live in bondage. God did not design this life for us to be unyoked and, and in a prison and locked up in our minds. And the thing about unforgiveness, a person cannot look at you and tell, oh, they don't have forgiveness. You can't look at a person and tell that. You know it in your heart and God knows it's in your heart. So you have to forgive. But guess what? There's blessings in forgiveness. When you forgive a person, you gain a better view of yourself. I'm going to say it again. When you forgive a person, you gain a better view of yourself and others that does not include resentment resentment is like putting on four glasses it will change the view on how you look at a person place or thing because there's so many layers there that's what resentment does so we got to stop with the resentment and forgive and let go and then once you let go of the resentment now the healing process can start 
I'm not going to say the healing process is going to be easy. I'm not going to, because it's not. I'm telling you, this is something that I live with. And I also want to say each person's process is different. Nobody forgives on the, on the same path or the same amount of time. It's a process. It's called letting go. And so, and believe it or not, we hold on to unforgiveness so much it becomes attached to us and it becomes a part of us and it becomes something that we live with every single day. So now that I've done been used to living with this, uh, uh, part, part of me, I'm going to have to start the process of detaching these feelings and detaching these emotions because they're unhealthy. They're really unhealthy. And you know what? I realized that when it was really unhealthy, when I was upset and I was going through depression and I was going through a downward cycle and I was laying in my bed and I came to myself and I was like, girl, if you don't get up, get up, shake yourself because the person who hurt you, the person who let you down, the person who caused you pain is out there living their best life and you're laying here stuck. You are not allowed to lay here stuck. I am not going to allow you, yes, my listener, to stay in a place of unforgiveness. Forgive. Dr. D, I can't let it go. I'm having a hard time letting it go. It's a process. I get it. But you have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. Yes, you are upset to be angry. Yes, you are the victim. Yes, you were done wrong. Yes, all this stuff happened to you. Yes, it did. But guess what? You're no longer the victim after tonight. You are the victor. You have the victory. You have victory over unforgiveness. Where you were not able to forgive, now after tonight, you will forgive. Because it's not about them. It's about you being whole. It's about you being able to move forward with a greater sense of freedom. You're able to move forward. You're able to move forward. Stop being chained to the past. Can you go back and change tomorrow, yesterday? No. I can't even change five hours ago. So you cannot go do anything to go back and change your past. You can't make people treat you any different. You don't have control over people. People are going to do what they want to do. The only person you have control over is yourself. So forgive and move on. Now I'm going to forgive you, but I'm not going to sit back and let you keep hurting me. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to move in wisdom. I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to love you, but I got to leave you where you at because now I know what you're capable of. Now I know what you're going to do. So I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to move on. Forgiveness gives you freedom to move on. And when we provide forgiveness, we give the person that offended us an opportunity to change and even to grow. Yes, they can change and grow. Absolutely they can. They can change and grow because they are seeing the forgiveness shown through you. Yes. Yes. Yes, it can happen. When I was younger, I dealt with sexual 
molestation. And I held on to it for years. I did not know what to do. I was angry. I was bitter. I was angry. I was angry. Yes, I'm repeating the same word because I was angry and I held it in and I became uh, a wildfire that got out of control, but I had to get some help. Once I got some help, once I got into some counseling, once I asked God to come into my heart, once I asked God and told God, I want to be healed of this. I want to be set free. I was able to forgive. And you know what? I was able to tell that person, I forgive you and I love you. It wasn't so that person could be free. It was all about the freedom for me. The freedom to live and no longer let what I was once a victim of keep me handcuffed. Don't let what you were the victim of keep you handcuffed. There is life after trauma. There's life after trauma. There is life after trauma. You are not allowed to give up now. You are not allowed to quit now. You are not allowed to be like, you know what? What's the use? You cannot do that. There's somebody depending on you. Free yourself. So how do I get free? How do I forgive? Number one, you got to acknowledge it. You got to acknowledge that you were hurt. Acknowledge who hurt you and why and what they did to do to hurt you. Then you got to look, what is the context of the situation? And how long ago did this happen? So as you're writing, I want you to get a journal. And I want you to begin to write all these things down. So number one, you're going to acknowledge it. I'm acknowledging what happened. I'm acknowledging what caused me to harbor unforgiveness. I'm going to acknowledge it. Acknowledging is a big step. Then number two, I want you to consider it. And what do I want you to consider? Consider how the hurt and pain has affected you. I want you to write it down. I want you to write down everything every hurt, every pain of how it has affected your life. Write it down. Write it down. How has the pain changed you? How has this pain changed you? These are the things I want you to consider it. So you acknowledged it. You considered it. Now I want you to accept. Accept what, Dr. D? You cannot change the past. You cannot change the past. No matter how much you wish this pain could go away. No matter how much you wish this pain could be reversed. It's time to admit to yourself that although you're angry, you have not redeemed the time. You have not been able to reverse that which has caused you to be hurt. Then you got to be determined. Now you acknowledged, you considered, you accepted Now I'm determined I'm going to forgive. You're going to determine whether you're going to forgive or you're not going to forgive. This is when the the real healing process begins. If you're determined that you're not going to forgive, you are going to stay stuck in a cycle that will keep you feeling how you're feeling until you decide, I'm going to forgive. When you decide to forgive, you are saying, 
I'm standing up for my future and I'm not going to continue like this. Once you determine that you are going to forgive and then the repair can take place. The repair can take place before there can be an act of forgiveness or reconciliation or before you can rebuild anything it has to be a repair. Do not try to repair the person, repair yourself. What do you do? What do you need to be whole? Who do I need to talk to? How do I get this all out? Go find you a certified counselor. Go get you a life coach, go, a therapist, whoever to help you to get repaired. Because if not, you're going to stay broken. My brother and my sister, you will stay broken. So you have to get repaired. And then as you're repairing, learn what forgiveness means to you. I want people to stop thinking that just because you think forgiveness is a certain way, I got to too. No. Forgiveness means I'm letting go. I'm no longer harboring anything. I don't have anything against you in my heart. So learn from me. What are you going to learn? What have you learned through your healing process? I I really believe in journaling. Journal all this stuff. Because although I'm just talking about these steps, it's time in between these steps. And then forgive. Once you're done, did all these things, now you can forgive. Once you acknowledge, once you considered, once you accepted, once you make a determination, once you repair yourself and then learn from all of that, then you're ready to forgive. Then you can be healed. So when someone tries to do something like that to you, again, you can see from a distance, uh-uh-uh, I see you, and you won't let it affect you. You can choose not to be offended. You can make a choice not to let any person treat you any type of way. You are a valuable person. You matter. You have worth. You're important to me. You are important to God. Life would not be the same without you. So I want you to forgive so that you can be free. I want you to forgive so that you can be at peace. to introduce everyone to coach dean coach dean is from uh, the atlanta georgia area and he is a coaching professional that helps individuals deal with life problems coach dean thank you for coming in and sitting on the couch with me on today we are glad to have you thank you so much thank you for having me hey everybody hey to your your audience it's an honor and a privilege to be here so thank you okay so i'm going to read this dear dr d letter and uh coach dean is going to give us his perspective on how we will respond to this person. And the letter uh, reads, uh, Dear Dr. D, how do you deal with a marriage that you feel is one-sided? I feel like I am putting in all the efforts and he is not. I'm out here working hard to provide for our family and he seems not to care. He smokes and he drinks and I know I have no control over it, but it hurts that he does not put his family first. I'm paying all the bills and taking care of the kids and I feel like I'm single in a marriage where he can only provide sex. Please advise. So, Coach, Coach Dean, what's your take on this? 
Okay, well, so I have a I have a couple of things on the onset when you listen to the letter. Uh, obviously, this letter has and this situation has a lot of layers. But just by listening to the letter, uh, number one, there is a uh, a high level of, of unhealthy aggravation and frustration. Wow. Uh, so this is probably uh, not the beginning of this. This is probably she's probably at the point where she is as I said, aggravated and frustrated. So uh, that's the first thing. Number two, mm -hmm. when you look at it, when you li listen to the letter, you see that there is an enabling of the man role, meaning she has put herself in a position, not just to handle everything, but to actually cause him not to be accountable and responsible. Wow. So those are two major things. Now, when I say enabling, I'm not saying that she's the blame, but when she come to the rescue, it takes the man out of his natural position. And so she's in a very, very unhealthy place. Uh, so those are just some, some things that I hear on the onset of the, um, of the letter. So you said she's frustrated. So Absolutely. Um, how would she deal with this frustration? Uh, well, here's the thing. She's going to have to number one. I don't know if she have done this before. Uh, the first thing I would say, obviously, if you're going to look into any coaching or counseling, that would be number one. But you're going to have to have the hard conversation. You're going to have to have the conversation and confront at the root what this is. Again, as I said earlier, it's a lot of layers. But I think that's the beginning to actually put this marriage back on track. Definitely if she wants to stay. Now, you're a man yourself, and I know this mm -hmm. letter is written by a woman. Uh, wh what would you say this man is feeling in this in this moment from a man's point of view? Because as a woman, I'm like, well, why ain't he helping? You know, yeah. why he doing what he doing? Why is she just letting him? Why not just walk away? So from a man's point of view, what, what do you think this man is thinking? I mean, she, he's not helping her with the children. He's not Absolutely. helping her with the, with the bills. It sounds like he's very selfish. So wait, very, so very much so. so go ahead. Yeah, very, very much so. I would say not only selfish, but I think he's settled and he's comfortable. So and again, this is a matter of when you do not challenge a man in a healthy way. But when you don't challenge him with accountability again and responsibility, he get very comfortable and he do what we as men do what women allow us to do. So if you allow us not to be accountable, if you allow us not to be a leader, that's what you get because you have to understand in every marriage, every household with a healthy man in place, he sets the tone and the environment of the house. Got you. So how would you say, you know, they would go about repairing this? Do they need to come together with a, a mutual party um, and talk about fixing this, bringing the problems to the table? I want to see there's a lot of variables. I don't know. Has she addressed her husband? Has Absolutely. Talk to him and he's not listening. So mm -hmm. what steps uh, could we give her to kind of help with this situation? Oh, yeah. So 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 number one, as again, I'm going to always recommend counseling and, and coaching because I'm a product of it. I just don't do it. But uh, I have a personal coach. And one thing one of the things that I, I say about coaching, coaching always brings a level of accountability. And so what I believe they need, number one, he needs to, first of all, have somebody that he can express what's going on because although she's having a lot of the weight, there is some 
hidden insecurities. There are some hidden things inside of him that he's he's projecting. He may be in a position where he feel he's not good enough to, to help. He's not good enough to actually support. He's not good enough to lead. So again, there's a lot of layers, but I think the biggest step would be to actually get into mediation, get into counseling, so you can actually lay all the pieces out on the table. Absolutely. I hope that our listener, um, our, our writer is listening to this. Go get some help. Um, Absolutely. Because Absolutely. this can go and turn two ways. You can allow your anger to get a, to best the best of you. Yes. You're, you're, because of your anger, you'll make some moves and you'll make some decisions based off an emotion, not in a, a, a in a sensible place. Or you guys can go and work together. So, um, I'm praying that you're listening. Go get some help. Go talk to a professional and then pray. Absolutely. Pray. Dr. D, can I say one more thing? Sure. I'm sorry for interrupting you. I wanted to speak to this. I want to make sure I did not forget. Uh, I did hear in the letter she talked about the only thing that he provided sex. Um, I I want to speak to this because um, I think it's very, very important. Sex to me in a marriage, it should be like ice cream on top of cake. It shouldn't be the leading agent of the relationship. And I say that because if that's the leading agent or is that if that's the thing that's keeping the marriage together, if it's low performance or if it don't meet the standard, the marriage is doomed anyway. And so if, if sex is driving the marriage, especially from a performance base, if it ever declines, they're in major, major trouble. So, again, sex should be uh, ice cream on top of the cake. It should be a additive and it shouldn't be the true element of the relationship so definitely definitely uh they need to seek help immediately immediately i agree and then that also leads she might be staying because of a soul tie soul ties are absolutely absolutely keep you connected to a person even where you really don't want to even when you know it's unhealthy so absolutely that's another aspect on it but we're going to be praying for this um this woman this young lady this this sister in Christ that God yeah. will lead her um in the correct path in the plain path and that God will guide her what to do coach Dean we thank you for listening in on this segment you can go um follow coach on Instagram uh his Instagram you can tell him your, your information coach okay so my Instagram is l underscore dean and the number one um, you also, I will give out, give out my, uh, my email address, which is ldean191 at gmail.com. So, uh, yeah, you can hit me through Instagram. Um, you can hit me through email and, uh, I'm also on Facebook, uh, at Lawrence Dean. So that's, uh, the, the whole name. So yeah, you can hit me on any, uh, any of those, uh, platforms. Yeah. I'll, I'll, if I can, I'll be glad to help. Thank you, Coach Dean. Coach Dean also has the Get Free movement, and we want everyone to break free, which uh, collides and goes with what we were talking about tonight, breaking free from uh, unforgiveness. So thank you, Coach. Until we meet again the next time. All right. Thank you for tuning in to Red Couch Conversations with Dr. D. It is our sincere prayer that this episode pushed you to continue to thrive in this journey called life. Before we leave, 
Let's have a moment of prayer. Father, we thank you for this conversation that we were able to have before you on today. I'm asking that you will continue to keep us wrapped in your love and in your peace, that we might grow stronger in you and always. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye-bye for now.